This podcast is proudly brought to you by Annotate Agency, a team of creatives passionate about introducing clients to the transformative impact of creative digital marketing. Please go check them out, guys. Listeners, Snake Edwards on the recorder here. This one's a belter. Um, we are back in the Annotate Agency studio and I am joined by probably one of the best PTs and coaches I ever came across within, I guess, my fitness journey or experience. And I thought, why not get him on the podcast? Because I think he's a wealth of knowledge. Matt Bowen, welcome to a chat with Pat, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. How are you going? Yeah, good, man. Good. Good. Kicking well, on. Doing well. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. about you? Oh, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm Yeah, busy. Yeah, but I oh, know. Kane knows I like... I've got an ick about people saying they're busy, you know, yep. how it is these days. But, yeah, yeah. you know, I've said it numerous times on these podcasts. My life is pretty good, man. Yeah, yeah good. I'm just grinding and this is my love, the passion. Yeah. So, thank you for joining my love right, on man. this thanks podcast. For, uh, thanks for having me. It's exciting. <laughs> um, now, before I guess we get stuck into your journey, I guess my first experience with you, I remember forget walking in a revel. I do love that joint. I love the programming and the I guess the coaches there, especially you and Cal when, when you were there. But... Never forget the experience when I walked in and I just saw a coach within the fitness industry who was passionate and coached. Like, I mean, you, I'm sure in your fitness, in your experiences within the fitness industry and within gyms, there's a difference between coach and trainers. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, yeah I would agree. And I saw a man, even Dill, my housemate, we saw, we loved Matt, you from the, um, from the, from the start and um, just through cues and diligence and through training and through, you know, um, attention to detail with people's training is someone that I articulate within the fitness industry who loves, you know, making people better. Yeah. So, thanks, man. It's, uh, thanks for that. It's always <laughs> it's sort of, uh, it's always hard coming into a new place. Yeah. Like, like I was, like I've been in the industry for ages, but yeah. it was still a bit nerve wracking coming into a new place. It's well established and you sort of, well, for me anyway, I didn't really want to step on anyone's toes. Yeah. Like people have been coached and taught to do things a certain way. And my way is probably slightly different or I'd have a few different cues. Yeah. So I actually remember saying to Cal, I think it might be my first shift. It's <laughs> like, if I see anything that I feel like could be changed, can I, you know, can I step in? He goes, yeah, yeah, go for it. From there, I was confident and I was all right. Yeah. But normally me going into new places, I'm extremely reserved. Really, is regardless of yeah. what it is, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's interesting because for me, to me, on the outside looking in, hopefully, listeners get a bit of that through the the podcast about your knowledge. The knowledge, even the little things, was very much there. Did, was this I, like when did this start? I guess when did your journey start within the fitness industry and within yourself, and then how that experience spanned over the time? So I did my certs, my initial qualifications when I was 18 or 19. Yep. Um, I was actually working in admin at the children's hospital at the time. Wow. They were opening a gym downstairs and I'd always loved fitness and stuff. Um, so I did my certificates and then I just walked in the gym and asked if they needed trainers, mm. started part-time, uh, built the client base up, left the admin job and then just sort of, Try to expand it from there. Yeah. But it's um those first couple of years are always tricky because you're so fresh. Like you just yeah. do the cert three and four and I'm sure there's a lot of coaches that'll that'll agree. There's not much to it. Mm. It's starting to get a bit better, but there wasn't 
a whole heap to the course. So it's always, if anyone's ever asking me what they should do if they want to get into the industry, you have to have a cert three and four. Hmm. But then I think if you want to be successful as a coach or trainer, whatever you call yourself, you have to further your education. Yeah. Otherwise you just get stuck and then you can't. Someone's always, you know, learning more. Yeah. So it's important to try and keep up like the better team. Yeah. That's that's a very, I love that you said that because I think that's a general thing. Yeah, definitely. In life, like people just like get just comfortable like not yeah i'll use comfort along this podcast like it's easy being comfortable like i know what i know and that will get me to point a and b yeah. but it won't get you to c and d no exactly um especially in the fitness game where everything is evolving and you're in this hub like melbourne which yeah. is like so competitive from my experiences um it's almost you got, like you got to add a lot more um bows to the arrow or yeah whatever. definitely um it, from that point going back to when you did your cert three and four did you really see yourself doing anything else like at that time, like, cause you said, you know, those first two years are hard and you left your job at admin. Was that always what you wanted to do at the time or was there other things you dabbled at beforehand that you thought you could do? Um, so I dabbled in graphic design for a little bit well, actually yeah. with my uncle. I think I lasted about <laughs> nine, 10 months, maybe a year. Yep. Um, but I grew up playing basketball mm. and was lucky enough to travel overseas for it for a little bit. So when I, when I came back, I was trained by, what I still think are some of the best coaches in the country. Mm. So from there, from that level of training that I got, I fell in love with that side of things, the coaching aspect. Um, so that's sort of where it started for me being coached by such elite coaches yeah. sort of sparked the fire in me. I guess. Yeah. Wow. So the transition from competing within basketball, the aspect of coaching really kind of made you realize, Oh, well, you know, I want to kind of give back to other people from my experience. Yeah. Had. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think I like the, I enjoy the problem solving side of it. Yeah. Like if someone comes to the gym and they can't do a certain movement or exercise, mm. I kind of, I don't like it from their yeah. point of view, but it's, you get to, I get to think and I get to put sort of all the tools and knowledge and all that sort of stuff that I've learned over the years into practice and try and mm. facilitate what they're coming to me for yeah and there's an aspect of that as a coach i think when people do come to it's like we talked about off air duty care right yeah they come to you with their biggest problem training wise yeah um and you know they want you to solve it so you got to do your due diligence to do that yeah (laughs) um within how have you seen the health and fitness space evolve since from when you started so how many years ago was that uh 14 (laughs) so i'm, I'm guessing a, a lot, a lot. <laughs> but yeah. what are some of the biggest things that have changed in your experiences since then within the the fitness industry um i think there's a lot more people taking it's taking their health seriously yep i don't know whether it's because when i started i was 18 so mm. you know for me anyway aside from basketball the reason i was training was to look good right whereas yeah. For me, and I think for a lot of people now, as you grow up, you sort of realize it's there's a lot to do with just your overall health and your longevity as well. Yeah. Like you hear some sad, sad stories of you know, middle-aged men and women just fall into heart attacks or something. And yeah. They're potentially generally overweight or they just haven't looked after themselves, themselves for a period of time. And I think it's that side of things that has changed a bit. I feel like people are a bit more aware that they need to 
act for the benefit of their health sooner rather than later. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think people care a lot more now yeah. as well. And it's the old, um, it's great that you mentioned that. It's the old chestnut where it's like, okay, I was asked, I said, where do I want to be with my grandkids? And, you know, yeah, I want to exactly. be able to uh, yeah. be mobile and be healthy. Yeah. And, um, but it's not just that, but it's everyday life. I want to be able to experience everything to yeah. its full capabilities as yeah. well. And people, and there's so much information out there. Yeah. Like you're a great exponent of that on your social media where you essentially just give away free tips, yeah. to, you know, who wants to fix their deadlift or, you know, improve their health um, and give them that ownership. And I'm sure that replicates within your business as well. Yeah, um, I think I, I try to give as much knowledge sort of quick and easy stuff that you can without yeah. having to sit down with people and sort of dissect everything. Yeah. Um, mainly because I think it sort of comes back to our well, coaches' duty of care for people. Yeah. Um, like people trust us to improve their health and then they're yeah. paying us to do so. So we need to make sure that we're on top of it and providing them not just with like a quick fix or initial yeah. solution, but something that's maintainable and they can just sort of replicate long term. Yeah. Cause I don't think I don't think you should need a coach permanently. Yeah. Like obviously get if you get along with them well enough and you like the experience and you can't you don't feel like you can push yourself as hard or get those results without them. Yeah. But in terms of I just feel like if you've trained with someone for a period of time it's our job to give you enough knowledge to maintain or somewhat replicate it yeah. going forward. Yeah, it's just, so essentially, I think I'll really much agree. It's essentially giving them the tools to do that for the rest of their life yeah. for 20 years. Like you don't want them to keep coming back. A no. doctor doesn't want someone to keep coming back no, sick. Exactly. They're not like doing they, their no, job. No. Um, and yeah, I have the same view within um, fitness as well. And, you know, when I think back, you know, some of the best, yeah, trainers or coaches I've had, they just gave me a couple of little things which helped everything in the long yeah, run. exactly. Um, but in regards to the life of a coach and mm -hmm. a personal trainer, I look at it from the outside looking in and I think it's probably, it's probably the most inflexible, flexible life that you could yeah. have. Is that <laughs> correct? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it can, it's obviously good if you... Some people think that the the split shift sort of so you know so you start at yeah five or six a.m. go till ten or eleven maybe twelve, a few hours off come back, mm. but it's just for me anyway. You're not really switching off in yeah. those few hours, so you might you've got programs to write. Well, like if you, my opinion is if you're doing it properly, you've got programs you've got to write programs for your clients, right? Yeah. right? You've got check-ins to do. You've got to make sure the program is still aligned with what your client came to you for mm. as opposed to just rocking up and winging winging your 45 minute session or whatever it is yeah you want to make sure there's a plan in place because it's coming to you for a reason yeah you wouldn't if a doctor was winging it you'd probably be pretty annoyed <laughs> yeah probably right? sick yeah so if someone's coming to you with uh even if it's just we'll call it like a general health goal but if they're coming to you with more of like a rehab issue or something and that's something you uh, are knowledgeable in you need to make sure your plan of attack is working on track or if it needs to be updated. So flexible and inflexible is probably a pretty good, <laughs> pretty good way to put it. Because I could imagine some trainers and coaches get into the industry thinking, oh, yeah, I can just, you know, yeah, make a coast. quick buck and yeah. coast and yeah. I'll get this sweet life where I work, yeah. you know. I've got my whole day free. Yeah, so I mean, much more. 
can. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I think it will come back to you as an individual as well, sort of what you want to do with your mm. life, where you want to yeah. where you want to go with the business because well, you can't be a PT forever. Nah. Right. There yeah. comes a point where you can't, you won't be able to take sessions on the floor. Yeah. So you can, you can coast, but at some point you'll either have to, I feel like you'll either have to change careers or you have to have been working towards something yeah. within the industry. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the ability to switch off. How do you do that <laughs> in, in your days? So like the long hours <laughs> and I see you, your social media is great because you're pretty authentic and grinding yeah. and you're organized and like you should be, like you're the gold standard in my eyes, mate. Like Thanks, how man. most guys should be um, coaching. Um, I guess, how do you switch off in those times? Uh, for, for, for any like aspiring, because it's booming and we have to be realistic yep. about that. But like people aspiring listening to this, how important is that and how do you do that? I think it's very important. I'll be honest, I'm not the best at it. Yeah. Like there's times where my partner, she'll pull me up because she can see I'm just stressed out in my head too much and I'm just mm. not switching off yeah uh for me personally i have never been a big reader yeah but i'm trying to get into it massively now so I try to make almost like a deal with myself if you like that every day i've got to read 10 pages yeah it won't happen every day but the idea is that over time every day it just becomes disciplined yeah sort of natural for me yeah um i think finding a hobby outside of training as a coach is a good idea because it's pretty self-indulging like yeah yeah, absorbing like if you however many sessions you have or take a day you'll then train yourself yeah that i don't believe that can be your only sort of outlet or you time Mm. because you're theoretically you're still at work yeah right so you're not really switching off or doing anything so i would probably suggest trying to find a hobby for me it's basketball yeah um i'll try and play as much as i can it's not heaps at the moment but yeah try and play as much as i can you got to yeah. find something that takes you away from your workplace that's that's from most things but like yeah. I'm, I'm so interested in that as a coach and a pt because you know it's those hours right like yeah. during you're not working during the day when people are working and yeah. then you're working during the time when they're not yeah and then you got that obligation at the yeah. time and then you know when you do that you're giving you're not you know, you're not really connecting with anyone, really. Like, you can't go out and get a coffee with someone who's no, your friend. Because they're at work. work. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, let's go for dinner. Well, yeah. I'm working. <laughs> yeah. And it becomes self-indulgent, like yep. absorbent that way. Yeah. Um, yeah it, it's an interesting life because I, I was going to go down that track when I was young. Yeah. I always loved fitness and I was going to be a PT teacher. I did one year and then did social work and I was doing my PT course and threw that out. Cause I just, I've got my icks about the cert, yep. but like, I thought there are other things I can do down the track, but yeah. And just that aspect as well, where you've yeah. got to be a certain type of individual yep. to, to get in those things. Um, as a coach, I mean, so you obviously take care of their, obviously eight, like their training, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever, and then you've got their overall health. Have you ever, I guess, in regards to health advice and because end of the day you're not qualified to do that how do you direct those people who are looking at i guess nutrition and overall health advice i mean how do you blur those lines because i know that within the fitness industry and pts and coaches when people come to them mainly they do like they probably get more nutrition advice or give out more nutrition advice than dietitians or nutritionists yep how do you blur how do you um, compensate for that image and work on that i think it's important that you don't yep 
like it's yeah. like you like could, what you said before you're pretty straight up when you don't know anything yeah yeah which i think is important i think the, the client person will have more respect for you yeah if you tell them it's out of my scope or i'm not sure i'm gonna have to ask someone which yeah. i do it all the time yeah so we we run our business out of a gym in windsor yeah who have other trainers raise the bar yeah, yeah. and if there's so their head coach ryan is extremely knowledgeable strength and conditioning coach yeah right i will ask him stuff honestly at least a few times a week if there's my and it's it's not i think a lot of coaches get sort of perhaps a bit caught up that there's that we're in competition with each other yeah yeah right so if i've got a client that's doing an exercise and i'm trying to hit a certain muscle but they're feeling it somewhere else yeah if i'm racking my brain and i can't work out why it's not happening I'll ask him. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, he'll have a different view or opinion and I can change something and then we'll get it. But if you don't do that, then your client's not getting the best value or best service that you could provide. Yeah, yeah they get like a, so, a subpar kind of experience. Yeah, yeah, so I think it's not, I just think there's no need to go outside your scope as a coach. Yeah. yeah. It's almost, it's better if you don't. Yeah. Do you think there's a lot of coaches that do feel the need they have to? To go. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's quite common. Yeah. Especially around the nutrition side of things. Yeah. So I think general sort of advice is okay. Yeah. But if someone's got food allergies or, yeah. you know, some sort of medical tolerance, something. you yeah. can't wing it. Yeah. Like that's, like we said before, that's the duty of care. Yeah. Is people are placing their trust in you to look after them. Mm. So I don't, it's just, I don't think it's okay to just play with that trust. Like yeah. If you don't know, it's fine. It's not bad. You're not going to know everything. Yeah. That's why it's a good idea, especially in the industry, surround yourself with people that you feel either are better coaches than you or more experienced or more qualified or their area of expertise isn't yours. Yeah. So that if you have a client that wants to train with you, but you're not quite sure how to deliver the service that they need, you don't have to turn them away. You can just say, that's mm. not really my area of expertise, but I've got a team of guys that I talk to all the time. Yeah. I'll get back to you in 24 hours. Yeah. You're like essentially another health <coughs> professional, right? Like yep. you go to the doctor and you, you know, you know, you got issues with your knee. Yeah. You know, doctor doesn't, take on that issue they yeah. refer you to someone who's relevant exactly and i think you know, you know my my knowledge it counts for nothing but you gotta also it's in all professionals yeah professionals. definitely i think you it's don't in know every i'll work industry. with another team that yeah. know that as well yeah but it's so interesting because the aspect of training as well they come to you and you probably spend the most time with them yeah. more than those other people yeah and it's that level of intimacy as well where i'm sure you've had in that time where you know um they're there for you what x amount of times in a week and they play open up to you and other times yeah. other things in life where they trust you like it's, it's a lot like, of clients end up becoming friends yeah yeah 100 yeah like kobe and i sorry my partner and i went out uh probably last month mm. with two of my clients and his parents for dinner yeah. only met them through them wanting to train yeah but now they're friends like it's not just a working relationship if you like exactly yeah if and then if i was a client mm-hmm. um, coming to matt i guess what are the things that i would get that you would specialize in you think you do the best best with mate they're your strengths uh strength training yep 
from a technical standpoint. Yeah, for sure. As yeah. I talked about, I could notice that when I walked in that day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is, it just comes from sort of further study and being around people that I believe know more than me. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say you're a classic S&C coach? No. No. Yep. So I've done, I've got level one strength and conditioning. Yeah. So it means I... Through AXA? Oh, yeah. Yeah, AXA? Yeah. So technically can train up to, I think it's state level mm. athletes. But my opinion on like a quite traditional SNC coach is exercise science degree yeah. qualified trains athletes, basically. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Do you see that space? I mean, it's interesting that we talk, because SNC is thrown around a lot. Yep. with coaches nowadays with especially the fit, especially now in the um how i say like the modernized yep um normal fitness industry now like that's very coach or snc coach in there yep. um i guess what what are the differences in between like that that level of expertise and to just a general one if you so the strength of the, the doggo's coming in yeah <laughs> <laughs> qualified snc yeah. coaches yeah um it's degree qualified yeah. right so they're how do I explain it? it's it's honestly just a whole nother level yeah of expertise and knowledge of the body mm. and how everything works mm. um for people who probably deserve that like top tier athletes right yeah yeah like if you're trying to if you're trying to get to the olympics yeah. or play for your you know, play for your country or go overseas for your sport or play yeah. at the highest level i don't i think you'll get more benefit yeah. from an exercise scientist yeah then a quote unquote personal trainer yeah <laughs> there are some pts that do extensive um education beyond their certs yeah and they might not have the technical piece of paper to say they're exercise science qualified yeah but i still think yeah there's a certain level of coach that you want yeah if you're trying to get to that level within your sport. Yeah. 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 Because it's thrown around. It's yeah. It's thrown around heaps. I think some people use it as I'm a strength and conditioning coach, meaning I'll get you strong and I'll thing, get yeah. you in peak condition. Sure. Right. Yeah. Whereas I think the, um, the old terminology perhaps yeah. is strength and conditioning coach is generally associated with athletes. Yeah. And generally, your strength and conditioning coach do not look anything like a PT. No, <laughs> like, like they're <laughs> built. Yeah, like yeah. Just monsters. Yeah. Right? They might not be shredded or have abs or anything. Yeah. But they'll be probably the strongest people you've met. Yeah. 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 They're just trained differently. Right. Yeah. It's pro programming is differently. They program different too. Like it's, if you're an athlete and your coach gives you, well, this could just be my opinion. So you might. Yeah. If you're an athlete training for a sport specifically, not for aesthetics, just for your sport, yeah. doing a bodybuilding split, so mm. chest one day, back the next, is silly yeah. in my opinion yeah. because that's that program is designed essentially for the aesthetics, body, yeah. not for performance. Yeah, I, and it's, I love that you say that because it's like, um, you know, athletes, I think even our view of athletes nowadays is – um it's broken up like we see an athlete as someone who is shredded and looks yep. like bailey smith or like yeah yep. you know but really like an athlete should be someone who can execute the skill yep. of required of that sport no matter how they look 
Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like they should be doing um, skill specific movements. Yeah. You know, they should be really reaching out, you know, focusing on, you know, the skill itself and what's required. Like AFL, for example, run, like just fucking run. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. You need to be able to turn it on and off at yeah. any point and yeah. not, for AFL, not go for 20, 30, 40 meters. Yeah. You need to be able to do that all the time on yeah. and off at any point. Yeah. What, what athletes? Yeah. What athletes? I guess you look for. I mean, like you that you get. I guess inspiration from, and that you you love working. I guess as a you know outside looking in, that you really look who are top of the game, work really well, you know, kind of thing, and, and do the right things. Um. Well, being a basketball fan, probably yeah. obvious answers. LeBron basketball. James. Yeah. Like he's thirty-seven years old. Yeah. And. I think his averages this year across the board were better than any 37-year-old ever yeah. in the history of basketball. Yeah. And he still moves like he's... He's puts one million dollars into his... Oh, yeah. I think that was a few years ago. <laughs> and he puts a million dollars into his body, whether yeah. that's training, nutrition, whatever. Yeah. It's probably a bit more now. But someone like that, obviously, it takes a lot of dedication to your craft. If you're yeah. already the best in the world, to then maintain it, as you approach 40 mm. when everyone else that was in your draft class similar age is getting garbage minutes or yeah. they've retired yeah right to still have the um have the will to stay at the top of your game yeah i think that's pretty impressive and i think that transcends as well into everyday people like longevity like sustainability yep. Yeah. Like everyone should just look for in their health and fitness, yeah. no matter what. Something that's sustainable. We don't have to break records every time. Yeah. What What's view, like in regards to sustainability, what's in your views the most sustainable thing? I mean, I think people forget this a lot. You know, what is, you know, nutrition and like fitness wise, like what would you give someone listening to this? Matt Boland coach, you know, what is, you know, what are some guidelines they could listen to that are sustainable in my health and fitness? Find something that works for you. Yeah. Would be the, probably the first piece of advice I'd give. Yeah. You might have to trial a few things, but you want to find something that works for you. So if you're if you're trying to get in shape for something, mm. give yourself long enough time to do it because the idea is that whoever if you're working with someone to get you there that they pass on enough education. Yeah. So that once you've hit that goal, like we sort of spoke about before, you don't theoretically need to stay with them. Mm. It's more of a, I enjoyed it. I want to, I like working with them, mm. but you haven't, they've given you enough knowledge to then sustain it. Yeah. Cause you know, you see all these 12 week transformation programs yeah. come out and don't get me wrong. People get in amazing shape. Yeah. You're doing one. Aren't you? I am. Doing <laughs> people get in amazing shape, but then you got to do it again. Four months later. Yeah. To me, that sort of, def that, Again, just could be my opinion, but that sort of defeats the purpose. Yeah. Because if you're doing a program to get you in the best shape of your life, for example, <laughs> I don't believe you should have to do it two or three times a year, every year. You should There should be enough knowledge passed on to you that you can at least maintain close enough, not go backwards to the point where you got to do the whole thing again. Yeah. And like you should get enough tools in that experience that could yeah. you could utilize that if you wanted to do your own twelve week program you could do it yourself. Can yeah yeah I did um in lockdown and I'm sure I'm interested to see your opinions on this. I did um have you heard the method now? Yeah yeah yeah. So um I was like I got nothing else to do right like 
And I was working out twice a day in lockdown, working back home in Portland. I was like, I'll sign up back to the method now. And I was like in great condition, but like, and then still now when my life is hectic, I've got this awareness from how much I am eating and like what is incorrect and being realistic with myself. I think that most, and like, I'm not just booping up my own horn, but like, you know, these skills that gave me, they've given me the, the, the skills to know that if I do want to lean out, I know what calories I need to hit. Yep. And um, I know how much protein I have to hit. I know what's sustainable. I know how many times I have to work out, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think people need to kind of get out of the coach or whatever they do yeah, sign up I for. I agree. I couldn't agree more. So I think it's obviously you might get uh, maybe slightly better results if you're working, mm. you know, quite closely with a coach when you do it. But yeah, I just don't think you should need one every yeah. single time. I think Some people want yeah. one every single time and they like it, which is fine. But I just, I don't think it should be a need. Do you think that's accountability thing with people? They like just want to coach, so they got some Yeah, for buff. sure. Yep. Yeah. Because some people come and see us. No, not 90%. Some of the time it's because they yeah, they just want to know someone's holding them accountable. Yeah. So if someone was listening here and continuing drawing on from the nutrition facts, mm-hmm. okay, big one, fat loss, yep. weight loss. How do they do that? Matt Bolland's eyes. <laughs> so you, you've... You've got to reduce calories coming in, right? So if you're yeah. going to – I think tracking initially, if you have never tracked before, haven't tracked your food, that is, yeah, is a, can be a good starting point. Yeah. But, again, it should be used as a tool so you have an understanding of what's going in, yeah. right? So a lot of people will – they want to lose weight. They flat out just stop eating, yeah. right? Like, oh, I had – one meal today or I was intermittent fasting and then just yeah. had one meal and now uh, I guess they're just not they're just not sure what's going into their bodies. Mm. You need to have an understanding and a base knowledge of what you're putting in to then work out how to go about it. Yeah. But I still think it needs to be something sustainable for you. Mm. You don't have to eat chicken and broccoli every day yeah. to lose weight. I mean you will lose weight. But then when you go back to normal life and your mates are like, hey, man, let's go for a beer and we'll grab some dinner. If you've been eating chicken and broccoli or a really restrictive diet for 12, 16 weeks, yeah. it's going to happen when you go back to normal life. Exactly, yeah. It's all going to come back and probably worse. Mm. It's like I think something came out ages ago with um, The Biggest Loser. They stopped. So they would do the after photos. And then there was a few times they would go back and see certain contestants months and months later and they stopped doing that because uh, yeah. no one had, was able to maintain what they had achieved because the the regime that they prescribed was just insane. Insane, yeah. yeah. And it's the same in everyday life. Yeah. yeah. But um, in regards to the counting, like because yeah. counting calories can be daunting for some people. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. I think there's a few ways coaches can go about it. You can give them give your clients or give people like a, a guide of what to eat yeah. where you've calculated you, the coach has calculated the macros but you don't necessarily have to tell the client Yeah, just tell them for the next however long have this much of this, this much of that this much of that yep. and then the client will get an understanding they start seeing the results and it'll register that okay this is how much I can eat and what I can eat to get the results I'm after yeah but it's still you have to be able to eat the foods that you enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it's a nightmare, and again, won't be, won't be sustainable. Yeah. And I, 
I think the big thing is like, or oh, social media has got a bit to play with that. Like saying um, influencers or bodybuilders yeah. eat chicken broccoli. Right? Yeah, definitely. That's what's going to get me shredded even though I hate it. Like yeah. I saw someone put in a shake or a blender once and they, they drank chicken and broccoli. broccoli. <laughs> and I, but like, to be honest, I was always a fiend for that when I was 17, 18. Yeah. Like, like we talked about how you all you thought about was your look and a lot yep. of those related to nutrition, right? Yeah. Chicken and broccoli. Yeah. And I was so conceived as being shredded as. Yeah. And I, I lost like nearly 40 kilos at 17, 18. Yeah. Nice. So I was being on the potty before. But like when I look back at the time, I wasn't actually like happy or sustainable. I was grinding a lot. Yeah. But like I all I was eating at that time was chicken and broccoli. Yeah. Mum mum made it easy for me. She was like, yep. I'm putting a heap of chicken in the, in the, in the uh, freezer and that's why I was doing it. Yeah. But like, you know, I didn't enjoy it. And I look back and reflection's a beautiful thing. I look back, I didn't enjoy that food. Yeah. Like, like, no. I like, think, like, I think if getting on stage is your goal, yeah, oh, then that's a different ball sure. game, yeah. right? Then your nutrition, I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't prep anyone mm. to get on stage because I don't, I don't have that. Personally as a client. Yeah. Like, like if someone came, came to me, if you came to me and said, yeah. Maddie, I want to get on stage. I want to compete. Yeah. I would refer you to someone who I know has got people there in the past. Yeah. Because it's not, I would then have to train you in a way that I've never done before. Yeah. Right. And if it's your goal, like we spoke about before, someone comes to you with a goal and you're not quite sure how to do it. I'll do more harm saying yes to you if it's outside my scope than I would if I referred you to someone who it is within their scope. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So with the nutrition side, if if your goal is to get on stage, that's a different ball game. Like yeah. it's you have to be you have to do ridiculously yeah. strict, right? Yeah, you can't do that. You know they talk about like the eighty twenty mm. sort of split eighty percent good, twenty percent a beer and a palmer on the weekend, right? Yeah. And I think that's you can't, general, you can't do that. The if you're trying population. to get on stage, yeah, yeah, sure, right. But if you're trying to get on stage, different kettle of fish, right? yeah, track and that's super strict. Yeah, and in regards to <clears throat> nutrition philosophies, I mean, there are a lot. The copper, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, what's, I guess I'm, I want to flip the script on this one because normally I'd ask, right, you know, what ones do you just hate the most? Yeah. But what's one that you could probably think that would be somewhat sustainable with the science, you know, like shown? Is there nothing that's ever going to beat just actually counting your calories, being mindful of your eat and following 80 to 20? Or is there some things, some form of philosophy that's intrigued you? I think my opinion is yeah. that balanced approach not yeah not restricting to a certain extent not restricting yourself is probably the best method for 90 percent of the population mm. right there's a lot of people that love intermittent fasting yeah but still that i, th- I think that intermittent fasting comes down to you're you're basic you're losing the weight because you're in a deficit yeah you're still getting the same right. thing <laughs> yeah like if you don't eat till 12 midday you stop eating at 8 p.m. for argument's sake. Yeah. If you whatever you eat in that eight-hour window, if you also spread that out before midday, mm. it's still the same. Yeah. Right. You get the same. I think um, some people also do it for like um, lifestyle. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think there's actually a fair bit of science and research coming out and has come out that supports it a bit more. Yeah. Um, but I think you just have to find what's best for you yeah have you had clients who come to you for fasting or for certain diets yeah or, yep. definitely yeah yep. but there's like so like we spoke about before there's only a certain 
like level if you like that i'll go to with mm. food yeah um like i've done a couple of performance nutrition certifications but i sort of i know my limits yeah. right um and That's it's hard a, some people yeah. might have done the same thing for yeah. years and it's worked for them but they know that perhaps it's not a long-term thing yeah but to then coach someone out of even if we call them bad habits but that have worked mm. that can still be challenging yeah it's right. interesting you say that mm. not many coaches this why like i really did like i loved you mate like like that view and that philosophy of just like you know you got to be have that insight as a coach yeah but if he's working for them and but it's not my own particular philosophy then you still got to work with it a little bit yeah yeah you can't just be like no that's mm. crap yeah stop yeah like, well, it's worked for me so then you sort of need to understand what it is that's working for them for them yeah and why. for some people think like listening, like all this nutrition, like not nutrition, eighty percent of the game, right? Like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you can work out three or four times a week, and you'd be still get the same, like the great result, yeah. right? Um, but like it's just this, this you know, and plus the pyramid scheme stuff that's coming out oh. now. It's so diluted, <laughs> and like yeah, um, but nothing's ever going to take away the fact of like sustainable. Eat what you like, you know. If you want to yeah. lose weight, yeah, eat, eat less. Just eat. Just have a balanced approach to everything. Yeah, like it's. You've got to work out what you want too. Yeah. Right? Like if you're, uh, you know, a lot of people will, you've had a hard week or a hard day, you'll go home, have a, mm. have a drink. Yeah. Glass it's, of wine. Some people that helps them for the yeah. rest of the week. Yeah. Which is okay. Yeah. Like if that's something you do, that's fine. Like I have clients come all the time. They're like, I want to lose a heap of weight. Yeah. I want to get, in, I want to get in really good shape. I'm just not going to go out for six months. And I'm not going to touch alcohol. Mm okay that's cool but <laughs> what are you gonna do after that six months yeah are you gonna go party for a week because you just hit your goal because yeah. that's not why don't you just cut it back slightly break down friendships yeah relationships, right? you like the unhappy put yourself yeah. in a hole it's not yeah. gonna probably gonna be worse mentally for you yeah you may as well take a maybe it's a slower approach mm. but if you want to go out on the weekend for a few drinks go yeah. but maybe maybe you're not out till monday yeah maybe you're not having a massive hangover right maybe you have two three four drinks and you call them night rather than eight to 15 drinks yeah you don't have to i think fitness and health and wellness should fit you need to try and make it fit your lifestyle yeah you'll be self you, yeah because otherwise it will just fall apart very much like you have to be self-aware yep definitely like where you're at and again, I'm no fitness expert, but I do love fitness, right? Yeah. It's given me a release mentally, physically, and gave me amazing changes within myself and my personal development more than anything else can in this life, especially when I was 18 and 17. But like now, if I reflect like with how my life is at the moment, I'm okay with just playing a game of footy, going to training once or twice a week and going to the gym yep. two or three times on top of that. Yep. And I kind of not eat what I want, but I eat less now because I did that method and they gave yeah. me education. Like, I don't need, I'm a, the boys call me the garbage truck. Like, like I eat, just eat everything, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Filipino background. <clears throat> and like, now I'm like a bit self-aware and I'm yeah. like, like, I had, I told you about like eating body image dysmorphia, like pretty much yeah. when I lost that weight. And I was just like, well, think, why am I not getting results I needed? Yeah. And then, I think it's pretty common too. Yeah, true. Yeah, we could t like talk about, but like, it's also like self aware about where you're at and yeah. being, and I've never been more comfortable in my life. Like, yeah. you know, like I'm happy with how I look and how yeah. I train and, and things like that. Yeah. And, and a lot of that's related to, I think I see, we talked about our fair, like 17, 18 year old boys, that phase to your 21. Yeah. 
like shakes, protein supplements, yeah, all, all those kind of things. Can't leave the gym after a session unless you've yeah. had your shake and then you can go. Yeah. Like it's- and then they get in that cycle where you're training Monday to Friday like a hard ass and you go out Saturday to Sunday. Yeah. And then you wake up Monday feeling crap. Yeah. And you're like, why just, am I not getting the results the, I did? It's like, yeah. it's self-sabotage. Yeah. 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 And it's a sad life because I, I, I'm like, I'll just, you know, that's not sustainable. And yeah. I used to smash myself and a lot of guys, I say this because a lot of guys are like that. Like smash myself on a Monday with like a two hour bloody Metcon or something ridiculous, yeah. unhealthy. Yep. And that further reinforced those feelings. Yes. Yeah. It's funny how there's still, there's a lot of people I think that, it's like they'll train for two, yeah. two and a half hours yeah. at a time. And I just don't think it's, yeah. I don't think it's necessary. I yeah. don't think it's healthy either, to be honest. Yeah, it's not at all. It's a long it time to not be, at all. if you're pushing yourself, mm. 45 to an hour is probably, all you need yeah yeah and it's yeah it's it's secondary i think like yep. the training how you look it's more about how you feel and how you, like yeah, i look definitely. forward leaving jumping on the train and coming back and going to rebel yeah and doing a session like just you know it's me oh, i miss that place <laughs> we'll get it and i want to get into i guess the we talked about off air the the fitness industry and the fitness scene in Melbourne and it'd be mm-hmm. good to see your take and you say as much as you you like. Have you how do you view it? Like how would you explain the the fitness and, and industry and the scene in Melbourne in your from your from your perspective only? It's busy. Yeah. <laughs> it's there's, it's almost um, spoiled for choice, isn't it? Yeah, there's lots hmm. there's lots of options. Hmm. Especially yeah, especially in Melbourne. Like it's just there seems to be something opening every other week. Hmm. Um, don't know that all of them are great. Yeah. I think some of them are the same. Yep, as other ones, but um, I think it's also good. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, that people are especially after COVID, right? Yeah, yeah. that was. I think that COVID was hard for everyone. Oh. but I think obviously there's obviously a fair bit of debate around this sort of stuff, but people's mental health took a massive hit and i don't know that people realized how much training or exercise helped their mental health so you think like people doubled down on it after because they realized how much yeah. they loved it yeah, yeah yeah for sure i do what's that saying like you don't know what you've got till, till it's gone, gone. Right? <laughs> i think it's kind of similar you don't realize that you you feel good after you train like it can be hard at the time yeah but you sort of leave your energy levels are up you feel a bit you feel good mentally yeah you've essentially depending on what gym you go to you've just spent time with people you would probably class as mates yeah right <laughs> you've just supported each other through a grueling workout it's a different bond yeah, yeah yeah it's different but i think like i don't think we realized what that was until it was taken away mm. for so long yeah because so it was so a part of our life like everything else yeah yeah. just got used to it right yeah in regards to the fitness industry in melbourne i mean i guess looking forward what do you think are the things that are kind of going to peak with not just melbourne but in general like like in, if you had to have a hypothesis about things what crazes or anything you think is going to be i think um, the sort of group and small group training seems to be booming yeah. at the moment like a class or small class environment i partially think that's because of the human interaction yeah that people have missed community yeah, yeah for a long time right um like even where we are at razor bar it's 
you walk in and it's like we'll, we'll push our clients pretty hard but we'll have a joke at the same time right and yeah. we'll interact with everyone same as revel yeah like when i was at revel it's like i said at the start like it's daunting when you first start oh for sure yeah but then i've made heaps of great relationships from there mm. and it was unfortunate that i wasn't there for longer like it's i was talking to cal at the time like it's weird normally when you move on from something it's almost like you're happy to be rid of where you're leaving yeah. right? whereas for me with revel that was just total opposite like it was like oh, do i actually have to, do i have to go like it's kind of <laughs> just like to stay like the people are good coaches were good so it's hard yeah. that's a credit to the community that you have there um it's another so, one thing like yeah, yeah so i think it's the the small group and the group fitness stuff i think yeah the human interaction is what people are yeah i'm missing the most yeah and i think a part of that like a your community connection like transferring from covid mm. but also when you think about you know those kind of studios as well um it's it's almost it's an accountability thing as well like, yeah definitely because like you, you know if it's certain people are going to be there at the same time you rock yeah. up and if you're not feeling like going or you don't feel yeah. like training you know that if you go that person on your right and the person on your left yeah is going to make sure you get the best out of yourself and it's a little bit competitive right yeah definitely. yeah like i love i deep down yeah. I'm a little bit competitive which i think um, it's good yeah it's right oh. it's like positive um competitiveness right yeah which is good. you're only going to get better yeah there's no negative side to that and i, I love think. i love yeah personally again yeah, i love training with someone who can like if i'm in a rebel session like my mate sam he's a he made the semis for crossfit games and i was in, right. doing crossfit before and um it was just like he'd come down to rebel for a weekend i was going toe to toe with him and yeah. it was like it was good like yeah. it was a good little push and he'd look at me and he's like i love to beam up man before he's like oh what cows did you get on that round yeah, <laughs> like yeah, stuff yeah, exactly. like that but that, that's what people like because you know you're getting better yeah, right like you right. know you're slowly getting there and people love that reward that endorphin rush yeah in their head it's like i'm it's, getting fitter that's the community with yeah which I think is important wherever you're training. Yeah. Like it's, you want to be around people that are going to get the best out of you. Yeah. Even sport. That's yep. why people do sport, right? Yeah. And people, exactly. and that's why um, my view on sport post COVID doggos come back in. <laughs> is that like people have even doubled down on footy and gone more keen. Like for example, got yep. more keen and more committed or they've just left. Right. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Which is um, fine. Yeah. That's also, I don't think he knows this part, but yeah. the reason I hired my mate who works with me now. Yeah. Part of the reason was because I knew him as a person. He would push me yeah, across the board, right? Whether it's at work or, yeah, you know, like relationships at home or training and stuff. Yeah. I wanted to be around someone all the time that would push me. Because if you, yeah, let's say we've, I've written a program or whatever and we're done. I'm like, yeah, good job, man. We're finished. Mm. And it's like, no, nah, I've got a bit left. I might do extra. I'm not the sort of person that will just sit there and watch him do it. Like it makes <laughs> me get up and go again. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So I think, yeah, surrounding yourself with people who sort of are on the same mission in terms of personal development and all that sort yeah. of stuff is important, which is why I think the group and small group stuff in the fitness industry will keep getting yeah. keep getting bigger. And that's why my view, and like I'm probably a bit biased with this, but CrossFit have done that for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's super competitive yeah <laughs> and like people like they cop a lot and i probably yeah like i i go and fight for crossfitters because i'll yeah. train crossfit richmond for a bit 
and it's some of the strongest and most conditioned I've ever been. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I was, I still probably want to think about going all in. And yeah, but Sam, my mate, like when I look at him as a, if you look at him as an athlete, right? Far out, you won't pick many better people. Yeah, like, right. As a, okay. as a, as a, yeah. as a person as well. Like yeah. into his self development, kind, smart, yeah. articulate. Yeah. Um, but like also a beast in the gym. But I also think like and real good at connecting. But yeah. like CrossFit, like super competitive. But like the community in there is just yeah, amazing. definitely. Yeah, yeah, I, I know right. a lot of gyms are in there, but I'm just saying like CrossFit's done this for two years, two, yeah. two decades. But I think you're right. CrossFit, generally speaking, cops it. Yeah. A bit from because they're the intense industry. people. Like if they're intense they're people, intense. Yeah, I think they cop it a bit sometimes about some programming. Yeah, for sure. Again, it depends what you're after. Yeah. Right? It's, they've been doing it for X amount of time and well for a reason. Yeah. Like it's not like it doesn't work or yeah. people don't have a good time or they don't make connections with other people. Yeah. And um, people, like, they need a real... Like, it's um, it's what, what whatever works for you doesn't matter yeah. for yourself, right? Yeah. Uh, um, fitness, for first and foremost, is health. Yeah. Right, and how what you're getting out of it's the main. Like, you should be selfish in your health and fitness. You do what you enjoy yeah, and what definitely. you love. But like, um, in regards to to CrossFitters or in, or just in general, they're obviously doing something right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like they're all in peak <laughs> condition. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, and and you know they're making the bridge between someone who can become a pro or an elite athlete to an everyday person really well. Yeah, yeah. they are bridging that gap pretty well, actually. Yeah, like super well. Yeah. So 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 super well. Yeah, it's yeah. You had to, but like like Revel, like people, they they market really well to people who fall in that gap, right? Yeah, like who people can't quite do. Oh man, and there's a lot of other gyms in the world, and I think in the whole fitness industry, it should just not be us versus them. So it's this big community. You all want the same thing. You just all want to be health, healthy, and fit. Same as what I spoke about before, where like I think a lot of trainers feel like they're in competition with everyone else, with other trainers. Yeah, I think it should just be a bit more inclusive. Yeah. Like I think if you're worried that if you get another trainer's advice, your client might leave, it's probably a bigger problem mm, at yeah. play, right? Like that's not why someone would yeah. leave that you're trying to help them. So I think, yeah, that in inclusiveness within the industry, yeah. I think it's getting better and I think it just needs to keep going. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you, and then in your own personal experience or expertise, um, going into how you train your training philosophies, is there much difference between how you train men and women? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What are those key differences, I guess? So, well, there's sort of obvious ones. Yeah. So, with women, they're 90% a bit more lower body focused. Yep. So, in terms of a training split, there'll be more lower body work than typically there is for guys. Yeah. Um, but I think part of our job as coaches is to sort of read people as they come in so we do it's a hard thing to have yeah so <laughs> we we run small group semi-private stuff so there's groups of six right yeah so four of them might just walk in amped ready to go yeah right and you know as soon as they come in okay i can push you to a certain level today but there might be two others that aren't really maybe they didn't sleep that well maybe they've had a really rough week where maybe they've got personal stuff going on yeah you you might not know this but you can gauge when someone walks in a room sort of oh, for sure. yeah. how they are, right? Um, so that's the sort of thing that you just have to watch because if someone's run down or not feeling great, if you push them into the ground, well, that's how people get injured and sick or all that sort of stuff. So you, I think you just have to 
it's not necessarily different for men and women, but you just have to read, read people. Don't push them if they're not in a place to be pushed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where it kind of starts. But I mean, like, oh, so obviously the lower body and upper yep. body, but like even like exercises, like um, nutrition, is there much difference? Like, I know it's because we're both humans. No, and no, like, no. So, and and the, the discussion around um, women's hormones and uh, training around their yeah. periods and that, do you have that much of that experience as well, their menstrual cycle? A little bit. Yeah. It's sort of, again, you sort of, it's it's hard because with menstrual cycles and stuff, you're not going to, you're not really yeah. going to, as a coach, you're not really going to know. Yeah. Unless, unless they come to you. Yeah, unless yeah. you're working with them in a one-on-one setting yeah. and it's they've got certain goals, then yeah. around a menstrual cycle, you back you'll back certain things off, yeah. right? And the nutrition side, again, it depends like if there's any sort of underlying issues or, yeah. you know, they're not necessary in terms of nutrition, but if they're coming back from having a baby, mm. you can't just throw them into whatever. Oh, definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> like you need to stagger them, which can be hard, right? Especially and for the mum coming back to training. And hard it's for a like, male coach as well. Like you got no yeah, idea what they're yeah. going through. Like. But the women coming back from having a baby, they're like, okay, I was at, x point before i felt pregnant yeah i want to get back there by friday that's not good no no i feel good i'm fine yeah but there's other things going on within your body that we can't yeah can't do certain exercises for a little while can't push you to a certain point it's interesting because it's like you say that it's kind of the same thing with general clients but like like you'd say that to most male and females right like you'll be realistic yeah but then it's also like the aspect of the the menstrual like they're your best information about that like if a male coach is having a female coach come on it's end of my whatever menstrual cycle they're the best person to give you that information yeah yeah it's not something you can guess around (laughs) right like you need and clients won't always tell you yeah there's obviously a certain level of comfort yeah that your female clients will have with you if they're happy to share that sort of information. Yeah. Which just, I think is good if you're at that point with clients and they can tell you those sort of details Yeah, because it helps you with the service you're trying to deliver to them. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you'd always be like, you know, I, you know, if they don't tell me, I don't know, right? Like, yeah. And if I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Just gotta be honest as a coach. Yeah, just gotta be honest. Because I asked that because it, it's it's come a lot lately. It's really getting a lot of moves about yeah. um, coaches being aware and women and their menstrual cycles and and I think it helps as blokes as well in general. Yep, like definitely blokes, but understanding how much it actually does affect them, yeah. not just in life but training and yeah, all nutrition as well. Like, yeah. Um, you know, getting off travel, guys. Oh, it's that time of month or something, but really yeah. does affect them so much. Does affect them, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm sure you've had, you know, looking back, like female clients, because I say because you train a lot of female clients as well. Yeah, and you play a great expertise along with Danny, who I know really well, Danny Kennedy. Yeah, play two blokes that I think are gold standard, but like, no, they do train and do really well yeah. in that, that space as well. I remember I had one session a little while ago. Now I walked in the gym and the clients yeah. i think i just come from another session or something walked in there's three ladies sitting on the floor yeah all of them about to be in my session all just look like they weren't having the best time yeah right and i walked up and said what's wrong and they all looked at me and said it's all that time of the month for all of yeah. us yeah i was like okay <laughs> yeah because it worked they worked together yeah, yeah yeah which was good that they told me yeah because otherwise i'm you know going to try and almost lift their mood yeah. with training but it's not necessarily that simple yeah right so how do you adjust that way uh, generally if that happens i'll go by them yep 
Right. So still deliver the same session, mm. but you can dial some things back. Yeah. Maybe cut the rep slightly, cut the weight a little bit, change the tempo slightly, or get rid of the tempo if it's just not. So intensity yeah. would normally come down? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll say yes, but can also depend on the individual. Yeah. Yeah. A um, couple of things I want to pick your brain about. Uh, again, I mentioned it. We had an episode with Ryan Brennan Coulthard, and we had an interesting discussion about steroids. Yeah. Um, essentially, you know, I'll be I'll straight up. What's your view on it? You know, it's coming again into fruition. There's a lot of science about it. Um, in general society. Yeah. Um, what what what's your take in the utilization of steroids within? Because you're right in the thick of it within the gym space. Have yeah. been for years. What fourteen years? Yeah. What what's your take on it now? I think. I think it's coming to the forefront yeah. a lot more. I think for a long time it was like just wasn't spoken about. Mm. Whether yeah, it's, it's like the back dot, the black sheep. Whatever, yeah, yeah, like yeah. it was really just looked down upon. Yeah. I guess, but maybe is a good term. But I think it's come more to the forefront now because people are starting to be a bit more open about if they've used them or if they are or whatever. Yeah, but I think. I think it's sort of, again, we'll probably come back to why mm. you're using them. And if you're going to do it, just do it properly. Yeah. Like, you know, see someone, see see a doctor about it or get your bloods done. And if your test is really low and they recommend it, then yeah, then I think it's fine. Yeah. Go for it. Um, but just be careful with it, right? Like don't go, don't go nuts because that yeah. will... That'll have some bad side effects as you as you get older. And surely age comes into this as well. Yeah. yeah. Like I think there's a lot of guys on social media that will jump on it once they've had kids. They might do just like a really low dose, but they'll just stay on it forever. Yeah. There's a lot of research out that says, well, obviously more testosterone or slightly elevated levels of testosterone, you're going to feel awesome. Yeah. Um, but again, I think if you're going to do it, just do it properly. Yeah. Don't just... Go to the guy next door and be like, just at your some. local suburban yeah, gym. Yeah. Just do it properly. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing it. If it's something you want to do, that's fine. Mm. Yeah, just Essentially, if it good. doesn't harm anyone else as well. Like, yeah, you know, that's an easy term to throw around. Yeah. Uh, like yourself. But if to me, if like the, the beauty potion would be like, if you're not competing or not yep. professional, like, and you're doing it recreationally and you've got the right health professionals around you. Yeah. Um, you got good people around you taking yep. blood work um, consistently. Yeah, yep. go for it. But yep. if you're competing in whatever event, whatever sport, go in like a steroid. That's my personal view. Everyone's different. Everyone's yep. entirely their own opinion. But yeah. yeah, yeah. I think if you're entering a competition that's like a yeah. natural one, yeah, don't. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't do don't. it. Like that's not. Yeah. But and I think also like you have to know yourself as a person. Like mm. if you're an angry guy, yeah, and then you give yourself more testosterone. Yeah, I don't feel like that's a very good idea either, because that will then potentially cause issues for people around you, not just mm. yourself. Yeah, that's so important. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, self awareness in general yeah. is a great thing. Yeah. yeah. Before we wrap up, um, I want to tell I guess the audience a bit more about your new program. Looks exciting. The Eleva- Elevate. Elevate. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's an online program. Yep. Um, like I spoke about before, one of those twelve yeah. week sort of transformation yeah. ones, but. <laughs> The idea behind it is um, essentially work on habits mm. with people. Um, obviously, we do some training and there's a nutritional aspect in there. But the idea behind it is that once you do it, 
but you don't need me again. Yeah, I'll beautiful. teach you. I'll teach you enough across the twelve weeks. Um, that once you're in the once you've hit the goals that we set at the start, you once we've hit them, you won't need me yeah. again. If something happens in your life and you just call it fall out of shape, the idea is that obviously you can come back if you need to or want to, but you will have the knowledge to essentially do it by yourself. Yeah. Um. So like I said before, I don't, I don't believe in the twelve week transformation mm. that you need three or four times a year. Yeah. It's not really doing anything aside from taking money from you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's part of the duty of care to educate people and things. Yeah. And if people listening are interested in signing up, where, yep. can, where can they sign up? Or uh, I can head to just head to my Instagram. So at Maddie Boland. Yep. Um, there's a link in the bio. You can book a free call. No obligation. If you we'll just have a chat about where you're at, what you're looking to achieve. If I think I can help, then we'll progress. If we're not the right fit or I don't think I can help, I will refer you yeah. somewhere else. Great. Matt Bong, thank you for your time, man. No worries, I man. Loved, Thanks absolutely for having me. love that conversation. I think a lot of people will get a lot out of it and take on some key points in their, their health uh, well, their health and fitness and lifestyle in general. But, you know, you're a great coach and I'm, you know, blessed to come on my fitness journey with you and Thanks, become man. a good mate. I appreciate thank it. You Thanks for, for having your time. me. It was Thanks good. for coming and chat with Pat. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, man.